0: Welcome to the Pack the House Show, where we have conversations about sharing your faith as you walk through life with others.
1: All right, so we're going to be recapping what we talked about this last weekend uh, as we finished up our Acts on the Way series. We looked at the story of when Paul went to Rome Mm -hmm. and he was uh, being tried by, I think it was by the Sanhedrin, right? Uh by this uh, initially and then before some, some Roman rulers as well. Right. Um and so kind of Pastor Victor's takeaway on the uh the the stream was um that Paul was willing to go all the way and be bold uh for his faith. Um so we kinda want to talk about that. What and Aaron, I know that you had some good points on this, that uh maybe let's just start with you. What were your thoughts on this?
0: Well, the main thing I thought when I first heard the sermon was that I hang around a lot of non church non Christian people. And I mean, they see me as a Christian and they know I'm a Christian and how often do they see me risking something that's convenient in my life for Jesus. You know, whether it be, like, make taking time out of my day to make food for somebody or, I mean, that's, that's like, the simplest. Or just, like, letting people drive in front of me. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, again, the simplest. Or is it, like, going to help out, like, giving up of my, like, whole day to help out at, like, a thrift store or a woman's shelter or something like that? You know, like, how often do they see me act- actually risking things to show my love of Jesus, you know? Yeah.
1: It and it's sometimes in the ways that you behave, uh, and like you're saying, sacrifice your time and your uh, money and things like that. Um, right. it, in my mind, and I think I heard Pastor Victor say this that uh, sometimes for us, the harder part of putting our faith out there is the ridicule you might receive. Um, mm-hmm. you might have people make fun of you or think you're an idiot, <laughs> um, and we need to be okay with that. It is going to be. Yeah. Countercultural to share the things we
2: are Andrew if we were gonna phrase that in a more gospel focused way if we were not gonna say we need to be okay with it but but um, if we wanted to be more gospel oriented about it what encouragement can you give us for why we can be okay with it
1: uh, well so for us Christians we know the end of the story we know that ultimately Jesus is gonna return and he is gonna set everything right um, and so it's okay to be ridiculed and to not fit into this world. Yep.
2: And in the meantime, uh, until he does return and set everything right, I think there's a promise for you too. Yeah. This is really an identity question, right? You know who you are in Christ. You know whose you are in Christ. Right. That he has won you and and made you his and made that secure. And so if you're going to be ridiculed by someone, that's fine. Uh, because you have the foundational identity, identity in Christ. You have a place in his family, right? And so it is safe for you to. Uh, to Aaron's point, it, it's safe to take the risk.
3: Well, that's the one thing I think about it with <laughs> the one thing I think about it with um, a good example. Uh, I actually, with my uh, mother-in-law before she was my mother-in law, um, I w- was trying to get my now wife to be able to go on our Haiti mission trip one year um with me and it was like she was not really all about it she didn't want her daughter you know in a place where she thought it was like you know it was risky to be there and like Mm -hmm. there were some yeah some dangerous situations but it was funny because I'm thinking back now in this in the context of this conversation and realizing I gave all of the practical explanations as to why the trip would be okay and I don't know that I once said that like I have faith that God's going to be with us. I don't know that that was like the reason I gave for the risk I was taking. So even then for the risk I was willing to take to do something, to do this mission for God, it was more like, oh, well, I'm doing a good thing for people and I'm not going to take the risk to go further and, and explain that like this is out of faith to other people. It's just kind of, I know it's safe because you know we're gonna be here and this person's gonna be there and this is always set up and we've done this for x number of years so i just thought it was interesting in the scheme of that sort of risk of telling somebody why i believe i'm gonna be okay
0: yeah great point. Right. and i just think like how much more impactful is it for you to tell somebody that's non church or atheist that i i am doing this for jesus so not only are you saying i love jesus but then to actually do stuff for god like saying i'm doing this because i am his hands and feet like he's called me to do this and i say that all the time around here i mean i don't think it's anything big it's just in my normal vernacular but at the same point i don't think i do things as risky as i should that's kind of where i'm convicted i was convicted by the sermon
2: yeah um great point both of you austin you and i had this guy and andrew was in there too just full disclosure uh, we had this conversation on the way uh, back from lunch this afternoon, right? About uh, not in terms of of risk taking, but kind of advice giving. You made a very similar point about we can give all the practical advice we want to, and and you know that's good. There's value in it, obviously. Even those things are of God, right? Uh, that can be a way in which God works. But what we lose, and Aaron made this point just now, what we lose when we when we do that is we lose the opportunity to give the unique hope of jesus when we sound just like the world (laughs) around us it's probably good stuff but we lose the unique thing that we bring to the table
3: which is the hope of jesus and i would even add that i would even add that like i also lost something from a personal faith growth to like to really like you know emphasize within myself that i'm doing this out of faith in god that i'm going to be okay us because yeah. of the practical reasons so I missed an opportunity to I feel like to grow in that and to really make that the forefront of why I was going to hate
2: okay so we have two former youth workers uh, in this conversation right now what would you say to a, a high school student who says I want to get better at doing that how do we get better at that? if we're gonna lead with Jesus instead of leading with the other stuff how do we get better at, at making that move Austin that you failed to make <laughs> Sorry that, that you did not make
3: failure. <laughs> <laughs> <Earlier. laughs> do as I say, not as I do. You
0: that's did a great thing. job, Austin. Don't listen to him.
3: <laughs> <sighs> I mean, that's. I think part of
0: it it's is difficult
1: doing this, like practicing. What does it look like to have conversations about your faith, uh, even if you're you're not talking specifically about faith? You have a situation come up and you can tie your faith into it somehow, just looking for those ways and practicing. And it's not going to be natural the the first many times you do it, but the more you do it, the more it is ingrained in you, that your faith is just going to come out.
3: Mm
2: -hmm. I think that's part of it. If I want to learn to play, if I want to play basketball, I have to practice basketball. Right. Uh
3: I think, you know, I think it actually kind of came up uh, when I was doing like a summer internship in my Uh, Home church growing up, um, I had to do sort of like a post-VBS sort of, um, obviously like I was not giving the message. I was doing sort of like a uh, post-VBS sort of talk about what we were talking about and like how that can apply to us as adults. And uh, then our pastor kind of added on to it. But it was, um, I kind of just said like, you know, go so far as to make everything about that, like I make every little thing about that as a practice. Not that you're going to wake up every morning and you should for the rest of your life remember when I step out of bed. Thank God that I'm able to walk because some people, you know, they like, think like that's a blessing. Thank God I can brush my own teeth because some people don't have that motor skill or whatever. Like there's a, all those things that you can be thankful for, and so that's a way to practice thanks. And I think that in the same way, you know, to to realize that everything that we do, we do for the glory of God, to remember that and to sort of say that, you know, whether it's, you know, writing it on your hand or whatever, you know, because like, I know like for a high schooler, you know, high schoolers and middle schoolers, we yeah. used to love writing stuff on our hands with pen for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> you know you, I can see that out of you. But you know, I mean, like, <laughs> just like a little reminder, like, all for the glory of God, just like something that like, you, you overemphasize it. So that way, when those you know, truly, I mean, not that everything's not, not that those moments aren't important, but those truly important moments to stand up and realize this is you're doing this out of faith that you can share that with people and be confident in that rather than the practicalities of things.
0: My easiest way of doing that is that like when people, because they always see me doing crazy things sometimes. And when people are like, (laughs) why are you doing that? And I was like, I don't know. God told me to do it. Like, you know, there's always things in my life that like so he keeps calling me crazy? to do. And it's very, it's always frustrating when he calls you to do something that you're like, I know I'm going to look like a weirdo doing this, but I know I have to do it because that's what he's like, he's calling me to do this. And so okay. whenever, whenever somebody comes back at me and they're like, why are you doing that? I'm like, oh, God called me to do it. I got to do it.
2: <laughs> so, so we're, we're going a different direction from the sermon topic, but I really want to dig into that, Erin. I had, I had one more thought, but I want to go this route. Um, actually, can I have two speaking slots? Can I make my point and then come back to that?
0: That's yeah.
2: Um, so, Aaron, Aaron, two young daughters. Andrew, you have some kids too. I never know how many. Uh, I have okay. three
0: too.
2: You have three? I got both. Yeah, three girls. I was gonna say two and four. I was wrong. Uh, but the average of is not three <laughs> anyway. Uh, <laughs> So on. <laughs> both of you with, with young kids, uh, do you even now see uh, areas where they imitate you?
1: Oh yeah. And yeah. where
2: did they, how did they come to do that? They well, see my after...
0: girls My girls wear my high heels around the house all day.
2: Mm-hmm. Because they I see you.
0: <laughs> no, actually that's they what's funny. I don't think I've worn high heels since I've been married and they still uh-huh. wear my high heels. <laughs> okay.
2: Andrew, how is it that your kids come to imitate you?
1: Uh, well, they, they see me doing the same things every day and they, okay. for some odd reason, want to be like their dad. So they, they do them also. Right. Uh, yeah. Like yeah, the, so, whether it's so music we, stuff you just, or.
2: So oh, your kids, your kids do the things you do because they see you doing them they act or think or speak like you in certain ways because they see you doing those things if we wanted to um act or think or speak like jesus what would we do watch him read watch him
0: him. do the things he does
2: yeah spend time in his word right the more that we spend time in the word uh looking at and watching what jesus does the more we will start to act and think and speak in the way that he does Uh, there are a ton of situations where jesus goes into a situation of danger or fear, and is able to take control of it. And so the more we see that, the more we're prepared to say, well, Jesus has this.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: Mm -hmm. Uh, Next point, Aaron, you said that uh, often you feel that God is calling you to do certain things. And I'm really fascinated to know, I would love for you to talk a little bit about how you know. What is that experience for you?
0: Okay, so this sounds, this is going to sound a little weird for a Lutheran, especially. We'll but have to hope like, some
2: non-Lutherans are watching,
0: too. <laughs> it's almost like this, like, um, I'll notice something, like, if I'm at a park, right? And I, I'll just notice, like, a mom that's sitting on a bench by herself, right? And I'll get this, like, it's like a pull. It's almost like a tingle, like, mm-hmm. in inside, like, my chest. I know that sounds really, like, supernatural, heebie-jeebie weird. Right, or, and then or I'll a get, heart attack. Yes. And then I'll just like, I'll know that God is wanting me to go talk to that lady. Right. And it's all, and it, it always ends well, don't get me wrong. But my initial reaction to whatever he asks me to do is always, I can't do that. I don't want to go talk to this random stranger. You know, my, that's my initial reaction every single time. And even like, you know, I, I have a blog and he told me to start this blog. I mean, a lot of times and every time he kept telling me to do it i was like no i i don't know how to write things i'm not a writer and then it's been very i mean everything that he tells me to do always works out mm-hmm. so i should just stop saying no but it's that's the human in me is to be like <laughs> i can't do that i'm not good at that
2: <laughs> yeah i keep saying i'm going to i'm going to learn that lesson eventually but not yet
0: <laughs> probably not
2: <laughs> so for you there's almost a physical sensation of of this yeah yeah that's very that's fascinating Uh, yeah
0: it's weird I think there's lots of different
2: ways that we might experience that but that's a really unique
0: one so thank
2: you Jesus
1: did promise to be with us always to the very end of the age and
0: he's
1: he's with us through his spirit his spirit is in us and I think directs us to do certain things Mm -hmm. and And it could be
0: manifestation of that like i just know that the spirit is in me you know and i know that this is what i'm supposed to do so it could just be like my brain a physical manifestation but i like to think that it's supernatural i don't know
2: (laughs) i think uh i think either way god is at work in it absolutely um yeah so maybe for many of us it doesn't it doesn't we don't experience it that way but i i think that's that's one not i think it it is one interesting way of thinking about god's leading or direction so thanks for sharing that (laughs) uh Should we get back on the topic of kind
1: of resurrection? Yeah. Well, so to to kind of tie those together, I think you are bold like Paul was um, by just going and doing it. Even if you feel like you you don't want to, you kind of force yourself to do it. And I think that is part of what we, we all should be practicing is even when it doesn't feel right, we know it's right to share our faith with others. And so any opportunity we, we can we should just do it whether or not we feel like doing it because that, that is what's going to grow the kingdom.
3: Yeah. And Aaron, you even said before, in a conversation after church one day, you're talking about like, I mean, you you put a lot of risk into, you know, doing your own blog because there's so many people with so many opinions, you know, you're putting yourself out there and anyone can say whatever they want, you know, and And we see this all the time. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. I know you said some people said some pretty mean things. But, you know, like that's just like that whole aspect of risk and, um, you know, kind of goes back to, you know, J- Pastor Jason and I talked once about, I was just mentioning that uh tried to set up uh, some friends, um, some mutual, some friends uh, who didn't know each other, you know, opposite ends of friend groups or whatever, and tried to set them up on a date. And I thought so much about like why our generation doesn't set people up on dates a lot. And I think, you know. Uh, Pastor Jason, I think you said it best, you you know, I said, because all I said was, you know, I feel like there's a lot of risk in saying that I think this person is going to, you're going to like this person, when they could come back and say, like, why in the world would you ever think that I like this person, and risk my friendship with those two people, you know, and so there's there's some stuff that I have to put into it, and then you immediately retorted back with, well, it's kind of you know, church related too, it's kind of related to like how we React to you know like wanting to bring people to the church.
2: Yeah, I don't know right. if I would say I retorted,
3: but uh, <laughs> well, it felt like I'm bad with words. Response. Friendly <laughs> response, yes.
0: <laughs> That's the but thing too. Like when we do the things that God's asking us to do, sometimes it might not turn out well. Mm-hmm. But like I always feel like I, I it's probably like 80 20. You know, like 20% it has not gone over well, 80% it has. So even if I just do like the proof in my head of the times that it's been successful, or even like the people coming back at me at the internet, like there are people that legit appreciate exactly what I'm doing. And then there's haters. And you just have to ignore the people who don't get it yet and just support the people that get it, you know? Right.
2: Well, and this is where it comes back to the way Andrew kind of started us out is that, uh, when you feel like god is inviting you to be a part of something he's doing whether it's talking to a person or or whatever it might be it may not turn out well but ultimately he's number one he's going to work through it, what he wants to work through uh number two again you know who you are right you know what you where your identity is uh there is there it's very safe uh even if that person uh lashes out at you you are secure in christ Right. So he he's in control and you are secure. Right.
0: Yep.
1: Yep. And I have.
0: It I know, for anybody else's.
1: And I know that I'm a child of God and that my eternity is secure. And I want that for other people also. And that's Absolutely. why. That's why I push put myself out there even if I don't want to because I want them to have that
2: security. Mm-hmm. and that is the thing that was driving Paul and now we'll get back on the topic of the <laughs> Nailed it <laughs> <Bottom> <laughs> <around>. <laughs> you know, thank you viewers for hanging in there we knew we'd get there um, <laughs> but yeah that is the thing that was driving Paul right this that it, eternity is certain The yep. resurrection comes right that was pastor Victor's point is the thing that drove him is this certainty of resurrection um, and so now let's talk a little bit, if we could, about kind of how we, what do we do with that message? What do we do with that idea? Uh, so kind of how is the resurrection valuable for us in our conversations with friends, family, neighbors? Um, and I guess the way I would want to start that, I guess I'm taking over the conversation now. Um, <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> yeah,
1: totally. The way, that,
2: <laughs> the way that I would start that is to kind of back into the answer, right? First, what's the hope? What's hopeful about the resurrection? Why is the resurrection valuable for us? Not simply that a, pers- a dead guy is now alive, but why does it m- matter, right?
0: Because we're alive.
2: Yes.
1: Well, and it, it, it kind of changes everything. That's part of it.
2: Uh,
1: it, it makes everything different. If this thing that we previously thought couldn't happen, you can't come back to life, can happen. And God can make that happen. He can make anything happen in our life if He says it's going to.
2: Okay, right. so this is a, a C.S. Lewis argument. If he's, if he's capable in the small stuff, He's capable, or if He's capable in the big stuff, He's capable in the small stuff. Right. Um, I think that's really important. Other thoughts? What's the hope of the resurrection? What's hopeful that
0: about it? All, that God is always with us. Mm hmm. Like, yeah. because he did this for us, he's always with us, like, always. And with like even one. the people that don't believe in him.
2: I like that one because it it, uh, it points to what happens before we die, right? So this idea, like, uh, uh, we, we too also will rise, and that's great for After Undead. But now, Aaron, you're getting on to the stuff that even impacts me while I'm still here,
0: <laughs> here right. and now,
2: right? Right. Uh, And that's where it comes out for me is the idea the the certainty of resurrection, the resurrection of Jesus points to, and and, and is a picture of the kind of newness that comes, the restoration and the renewal that comes when God's kingdom comes. Uh, Mm -hmm. And that's important now, right? Like I'd like to have that now. (laughs)
0: Oh yeah.
3: Yeah. And then I think the, one of the things that came to my mind was just the, I mean, you could say it's the practical point of the Bible, which is just that it points that Jesus is the son of God, you know, like it it is, it, 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 it means that everything that was said before in the Bible, you know, it's all pointing to him. And that in of itself is hope because that was everything that, you know, they were everything that the Jews were waiting for. It's everything that, you know, they were longing for. And so to kind of, you know, you know, Here's your sign kind of so thing God, you know said he would. Yeah yeah And okay. and and that in of itself is really hopeful because then that means God follows through on his promises it means it just stare, like it it keeps rolling down the hill
2: Wouldn't you like to have someone in your life who keeps follows through on promises who right. keeps his word
0: Which is so funny cuz when you say that I just see why Paul kept getting so frustrated Cause he would kept like he kept being like, I don't, I don't get why you guys aren't getting it. Like I don't, I don't understand why you guys can't get it. And like we feel that all the time with our non-church friends. Like how do you not see this?
2: <laughs> and our church friends do it too, right? Um, oh,
0: absolutely. To be fair, <laughs>
2: yes. the the experience Paul has that we read about in this this past weekend is, you know, they keep accusing him of all this other stuff. Why well, has riots and he this and, right. and he, he says it's the resurrection that I'm on trial for. And he can make the main thing the main thing, right?
3: Right. Um, all
2: right, so so we it's the resurrection that falls on trial for. It's the resurrection that drives him. So far, we've established that the, the hope of resurrection is, um, you know, God's capability to do what he, he did, what he said he would do. He's able to do big things, so he's able then to do small things for us. So there's like a trust factor there. Uh, he keeps his word. It, it, it points to his presence with us. It points to the uh, the newness that comes along with his kingdom, the new life. Uh, so if that's kind of the, that's a lot of stuff, right? <laughs> this is, this is the meat of it, right? This is what's hopeful about it. What's good right. news about it. So let's wrap up then by just thinking a little bit about what are the, what are the situations, the obstacles, the, the, the difficulties, the questions that our neighbors might be facing where some of those pieces would be valuable to them. How are we gonna use this?
1: I I feel like you hear from people oftentimes that everything in their life is falling apart. Their family's sick, or they're having financial troubles, or politics is making them feel overwhelmed and things like that. And to just have the answer that, yes, all those things are happening in your life, but you, you can know that there is peace because God wants to give that to you, he, he's always going to be there for you. I think that can be a
2: hopeful thing for people. Mm-hmm. You are not alone in this.
0: I was actually sitting at a, a friend's house and we he was watching the news of something and there was another news story about a woman that had you know, gotten taken advantage of. He has three daughters like I do and he looked at me and he goes, I don't want to live in a fallen world anymore. And he's a Christian. And I looked at him, and I was like, yeah, but we, we've, we're we've we on the other side of it. Like, we've got Jesus. And he's like, yeah, I know you're right. But it's just when you get all that bombarded with even the external stuff where you're like, this is horrible things that are happening in our world, and you've got to turn to something that gives you that kind of hope, which would only be Jesus. There's literally nothing else.
3: <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, you know, that's the great thing about the resurrection is that as we talked about the many different things that we each thought of when, when does like, you know, what does the, what hope does the resurrection bring? It brings hope in many different ways, whether it's loneliness or whether it's someone, you know, didn't stay committed, you know, with their promises, you know, there's, it it applies in so many different ways because it is the culmination of our relationship.
2: Yeah. Excellent. Excellent comment. Unpack it a little bit connect the dots for us a little bit and like give me the thought that was inside your head
3: i mean i'm just imagining like you know
2: it brings hope and loneliness how
3: because we know that like jesus is forever like jesus forever with us you know he's he's always with us and then you know though like back to you know the thing that i was saying about uh it's saying that God followed through on his promises that you, know, you see all throughout the Bible, the struggle and everything, and that here's the resurrection and he actually followed through with the, the saving of, our, you know, us and, and giving us an eternity. Like that's a massive promise to follow through on. And, and so yeah. there's no promise that he can't make that's, that's too big, you know, for, you know, our salvation and for us that um, it, it's, you know, there's so many different ways this applies
2: yeah I believe that there's no promise God can't make that is too big for him That's pretty incredible did like that's what I heard you say. Uh, I just yep. wanted to highlight that because I think it's amazing uh mm-hmm. like could you could you foresee yourself saying that to your neighbor over the
3: fence?
0: Oh yeah, I think in the Do context of
3: doing this now, yeah, yeah,
0: I think I've said that before <laughs> there
3: you
2: go uh, that was not uh I wasn't. I wasn't it wasn't a quiz question but, uh, but i'm glad you said it uh, and those watching at home the same that's a really i think straightforward uh, pretty simple phrase uh, that we could say over the fence to the neighbor
3: to wilson
0: i say what i say is i say my god's bigger than that
2: mm-hmm. yeah yeah yep and that's a resurrection that, that there's resurrection promise in that too
1: Well, and knowing that
2: because he's big enough to make dead people alive again, knowing that has kept his promises
1: uh, and that he will always keep his promises. We can point to the promises he has made in his word that he will always be with you and that he does love you and that he does forgive you no matter what. Those things be comforting and we can assure people of those promises that they'll come true because of what he's already done.
2: Absolutely. Well, I'll just, at least I think I'm out of things to say, uh, see. Uh, But nice. I'll just, never for today. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just end with one comment. Uh, so in my, when I, pre- I preached at Fisher's this weekend, uh, and, um, I gave, I ended it with kind of, again, just like Austin gave us, just now a brief a short, simple phrase. I ended it with this one. Um, uh, what does resurrection hope mean for me? I believe this is really hard. So this is what I what I I kind of coached on and said, you know, this is really hard right now. But I believe it will get better. It can get better. Mm-hmm. This is really hard right now, but I believe it can get better. And again, it's very similar to what Austin did. Like there's just the the kind of one sentence response uh, to my neighbor that sounds like good news. I hope. Right.
0: Definitely. Yeah. I like cool. it
1: awesome well you want to wrap us up in prayer pastor sure
2: jesus thank you for this time together thank you for this conversation thank you also for the resurrection that drove paul to lay everything on the line lord we know that we don't always uh find ourselves as willing or as as um as as able to take risks not that risk to risk our lives but even small risks lord we do ask that you would continue to open our eyes for opportunities where you are inviting us Uh, to be a part of something we know that if we uh, for whatever reason pass those by or don't don't quite uh, get the memo uh, that you will do what you need to do either way but lord when we have the opportunity to be involved give us courage to do that give us also simple words to speak uh, that we would be able to communicate this resurrection hope the hope of your presence the hope of uh, your promise keeping and your ability to do even big things and therefore small ones the hope of newness that comes uh, in your kingdom. Lord give us simple ways to share that with those around us and eyes open to see when those opportunities present themselves. In Jesus' name we pray that. Amen.
1: Amen. Amen. All
2: right, well, thanks thank so much guys. guys. Lots of fun as usual.
1: Thanks for joining us. Have a great week. Bye.
0: Thanks for joining us for the Pack the House show. For more content like this or to connect with us, visit our website. Cornerstone Lutheran Church.